Lord, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for the opportunity to come before you and ask that you lead and guide in, in your word as we look at it and, and teach us what you would have us to learn from this time. And we just thank you in your son's name. Amen. Amen. All right, Leviticus chapter 8. We're going to be looking at the consecration of Aaron and his sons. Aaron has three, uh, excuse me, has four sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithmar. And in a few chapters from now, two of the sons are going to be killed by God. So, for disobedience. So he's going to be left with two. Leviticus 8. All right, so let's look at this. We're going to start at verse 1, and we'll read a few, few verses and then come back and talk about them. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments, and the anointing oil, and a bullock for the sin offering, and two rams, and a basket of unleavened bread, and gather thou all the congregation together unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, the Lord and Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and this, the assembly was gathered together unto Moses at the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses said unto the congregation, This is the thing which the Lord commands to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water, and he put on them, uh, the, on him the coat, and girded him with the girdle, and clothed him with the robe, and put the put the ephod on him, and he girded him with the curious girdle of the ephod and bound it unto him therewith. And he put the breastplate upon him, and he also put in the breastplate the Urim and the Thurim. And he put the mitre upon his head, also upon the mitre, even on the, upon the forehead, that he put the golden, the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord commanded. So we'll stop there for just a moment, because a lot of this stuff should sound familiar if you remember the Exodus class, mm -hmm. because we're going to go back and review a lot of what they're talking about here. Okay, so it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and garment, and the garments, and the anointing oil, and the bullock, for a sin offering, and two rams, and a basket of unleavened bread. So hopefully this stuff, because of things we've been reviewing, sounds somewhat familiar. Okay, we spent a couple weeks talking about the garments, the ephod, the, the breastplate, the urim, urim and the thurim, the mitre, and we'll talk about them a little more as we get in there to try to remember some of the things that were, was brought up. Uh, he was told to get the anointing oil. And remember, the anointing oil is a special oil that's made by, by a recipe that is for the anointing of the uh, tabernacle. And a bullock for the sin offering. And what is the sin offering? Does anybody remember what the sin offering is? The propitiation, the one that satisfies God's wrath. And we'll see that as we practice it. Two rams and a basket of unleavened bread. So what kind of meal is, what kind of offering is the unleavened bread going to be used for? A sin meal. Huh? Unleavened bread represents no sin, right? Right. What, what offering is it associated with when they bring that in and make the offering of the fine grain? The meal offering. The meal offering, which does not have any... Meat, or the meal or meat offering. It doesn't have any meat. It has just the, the vegetables on it. And so, okay. And he says, And gather you all the congregation unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So the, God wants all the people to witness this. Now you think about this, you know, there's somewhere, we know somewhere around two to three and a half million people gathering around the tabernacle. How much are they, most of them going to see? 
Not a whole lot. If you've ever been in a crowd, it's hard to see uh, from any, any place. Huh? Especially if you're weighing back. Yeah, especially if you're weighing back. Uh, not, not bad if you're in front. We could all fit in uh, Baltimore Orioles Stadium. <laughs> not in I know. Um, Nobody was there. <laughs> yeah, they closed the game to people. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and the, and, assemble, and the assembly was gathered unto the door of the tabernacle. And Moses said to the congregation, Take this, take this, this is the thing which the Lord commands to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. And what have we said the washing of water represented? We talked about the, la the, la the, the, the bronze laver that they washed themselves in before they went into the holy place. So what was the, what was the water representing? Purification. Purification. Washing of the word. The word is con called the water of the word. So they were washing spiritually, purification. I don't see how they can remember all the different things for each different thing, but it is for, I can't even remember one thing. Well, because to them it was very important. Yeah, it was probably like. It's just like anybody, whatever is important to you, you remember. You got, you've got kids and, and uh, men and adults out there that you know, swear they can't memorize a verse of scriptures, but they'll give you all the stats on their, on their favorite player or favorite race car driver or, you know, whatever's important to you, you get to know. And so that's why we're just reviewing these things, trying to re bring them back to memory, bring them back up. And he put on him the, the coat and girded him with the girdle and clothed him with the robe and put, on, uh, put the ephod upon him and girded him with the cur curious gir girdle of the ephod which was bound unto him. Okay, so does anybody remember the coat? Gems and stuff. And uh, it's the breastplate. Oh. The breastplate has the, the gems in it, which have the names of the children of Israel. Yeah. Lynn's going to look at her picture. Is that different, different color? Different colors. What four colors was, was the Purple. coat made? Purple. Blue. Blue. Red. Red. White. Gold. 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 All right, and what are they? Gold represents? Purple represents? Royalty. Red represents? Blood. And the blue represents? Yeah. Very good. Good. Very good. Gold is deity. Deity. Red is blood. Red is blood. Blue is heaven. Blue is heaven. Okay. Last summer we got those. Uh, Why is it forgetting? What's the other one? And which one don't you have? I have gold, red, blue, purple. Purple. Royalty. Royalty. Yeah. We can make a copy of it. I may still have copies in the office. All right, so, so he had that, and that's the ephod, and then he put on him the, the girdle, and he was clothed with the robe, and what color is the robe? Lynn's looking at her picture, so it should be easy. The ephod's uh, in multiple purple. colors. Blue. Yeah. Oh, blue. Blue represents the heaven again. All right, and he, was, he had the ephod on him, and then he was girded with the curious girdle. Does anybody remember what we said curious girdle means? Huh? Cunning. Cunning, cunning. Cunningly made oh. is what curious means. Yep. All right. The girdle of the ephod that had, and that the breastplate be not loose from the ephod. Okay, and then in verse 8, he put on the breastplate. And the breastplate had how many stones in it? 
And what do the 12 stones represent? The 12 tribes. The 12 tribes. What else is in the pockets of the breastplate? Stone. The Urim and Thurim. The Urim and the Thurim. And what is the Urim and Thurim used for? Yeah, to, to say yes or no. Basically to say yes or no, it was the way they made decisions. And how God used them, we don't know. They, they literally mean light and dark. Yeah, so yes or no is kind of what they thought, you know, figure they mean. We don't know much about them other than the fact that they were used to make decisions. And other than that, we know nothing about them. Uh, he put on a miter, and what's a miter? A cap. A big, one of those big tall hats. And the gold plate was put on it, and what did the gold plate say on it? Cohen Gildol forehead. God is good. <laughs> Holiness unto Yahweh. Holiness unto God or Yahweh. Okay. So he wore, he wore the people on his chest with the breastplate. He had God's name before, before his eyes on the, on, the, on, the, on the headpiece. And then he had the reminder of all, the, all that God was with the colorful outfit that he had to wear. All right? In the gold plate, it said, atone for arrogance attitude. Arrogant attitude, well, it could yeah. be. That's that particular writer's add to it. Uh, do you remember the color that the color ribbon that held the the plate to the miter? Looks fine linen. Blue. Blue. It says lace of blue. Lace of blue or ribbon of blue, which puts heaven around his, his thoughts. And that's something that's important. That it's very important for us to remember that our thoughts need to be on heaven because that's what motivates us to do the works of God. Uh, you know, there's a... Well, blue, blue, <laughs> blue represents heaven. Uh, there's the, the statement that goes out, you know, they're, they're so heavenly minded, they're no, of no earthly good. And that's really a big lie because you can't be too, too heavenly minded. When you're thinking about God, you will be driven to do things for this world. Mm -hmm. uh, the Christians have started orphanages, they started hospitals, they start, you know, why? Because they cared about getting people into heaven. All right, uh, let's see. So they, they've, they've put all the clothing on Aaron. Aaron's been, this is the first time that Aaron's going to wear the clothing of the high priest. And this is that first time. And Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was therein and sanctified them. So he took the anointing oil, poured it all over everything in the sanctuary. And, it's, and he sanctified. And what did we say sanctification is? Blessed. Huh? Blessed. Blessing is more to be set aside or to be made special, made holy. Uh, so he's, he said it's been it's set aside, it's made holy. From this point on, Nobody else can touch anything else in the temple because it's been sanctified. And who's the only ones that are going to touch anything in the temple? Aaron and his sons. Aaron and his sons and? The Levites. The Levites. Aaron and his sons are a family within the Levites. All right. You guys are remembering things. That's good. <laughs> Verse 11. And he sprinkled thereof upon the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all the vessels, both the laver and, it, and its foot, to sanctify them. So now he's putting the oil all over the place, <laughs> on the laver. On, and it's very interesting that God has, always speaks of the feet on the laver. I don't know why, but there's some specialness there that he considers on that, because it's always mentioned with the laver. The laver was one part, and the feet 
for another part. And Moses brought Aaron's sons, oops, verse 12, and he poured the anointing oil on Aaron's beard, on Aaron's head, and anointed him to sanctify him. So Aaron gets an anointing, and I want to turn to Psalm 131, excuse me, 134. So they sprinkled the oil all over the place? They, put, they, they anointed everything. They put, they put a touch of oil on everything. Touch of oil. Psalm 134. My son did that at his house. Mm -hmm. Around his house, he anointed everything with a sprinkled oil, a touch mm -hmm. of oil. Yeah. yeah. Psalm 134, verse 1, Behold, whoops, how about Psalm 133 is what I want, sorry, right above it, 133, verse 1, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his garment. I just wanted to read this because when we think of Anointing in our day and age, it's usually just a little drop of, you know, put a little drop of oil on something. The oil they poured on Aaron. Like, like a gallon. Yeah, it was a, it was a bunch. It was, it was, it flowed down, it flowed down, and it talks about it flowing down his beard, dropping all the way down to the skirts of the, of the cloak. So he didn't have just a little bit of oil. <laughs> and what does the oil represent? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was covering everything upon all the items of the tabernacle, and then they poured a lot of it over Aaron, signifying that he was under the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, as we would say. So I just wanted to bring that out that you know it wasn't just a little drop of oil they put on him. They they poured oil on the poor guy. Uh, and in the Old Testament, that seemed to be what they did. When they anointed somebody, they poured oil over it. They weren't stingy with their oil, which makes me think that it would be a rather uncomfortable day as long as you stayed on with that oil yeah, on you. Sticky. Yeah, especially when you're thinking of it as olive oil. It's a very heavy oil, yeah. very viscous oil that doesn't... Not suntan lotion. I mean, not to, yeah. men have like showers like we do now. They have, I think they're wearing like all those clothes and everything. Yep. Verse 13, And Moses took, brought Aaron's son and put coats upon them and girded them with the girdles and put bonnets upon their head as the Lord commanded. So now he's dressing up the uh, other sons of Aaron, the, the priest, and they're going to they're gonna have white garments and a, and a bonnet. <laughs> I looked up pictures of those bonnets that people picture them as, and they look terrible. I couldn't imagine having to wear one of those bonnets the way they, way they describe, show them. Uh, any of the ways that they show them, uh, but they had they put the coats on them and and they're, and, they're, and they're set for service and these are their service clothes, okay, that they're going to have to wear when they come into service. Any questions so far as we're bringing this bringing this out? I guess the oil has to be cleaned every time, it has to be washed and redone when they do it again. Or well, you would put it into a new new horn. You'd put it into a new horn. You're not going to use the oil that you poured out on him. That's gone. That's not wasted. The oil. Not the oil, but I'm talking about the clothes. Oh, there. the clothes. Everything's yeah. all oily. You know, he's going to have to get Yeah. Well, the only time they anointed the high priest was when there was a new high priest. So. Oh, I see. It was rare thing. So. Yeah. So normally, so normally it wasn't. Clothes, I think, because you couldn't get the oil off the clothes. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Because they didn't have detergent. Right. Well, they had soaps. 
They had soaps. So, but no. Not, not, the, not the ones we have. But yeah. you'd, you'd be surprised what they probably could have gotten out of their clothes. Imagine. Hot water. Yeah. They'd have boiled it or whatever it took to get it out. It would have, yeah. it would have gotten out. So they clean their service clothes regularly. Yeah. Now, the one that Aaron's being dressed in is not his service clothes. He's being dressed into the, the top, the one that he wears when he goes into the oh. Holy of Holies and, mm. and serves during the feast. So this is not, this is not even Aaron's day-to-day -day clothes. Oh, he doesn't wear the breastplate every single day. He doesn't wear the miter every day. These are, these are what he wears for special occasions, special feasts. Well, they're in the desert, and close to the tropics, so it's probably hot all the time. All right, verse 14, And he brought the bullock for the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the bullock for the sin offering, and he slew it, and Moses took the blood and put it on the horns of the altar round about with his finger, with his finger purified the altar, and poured the, the blood at the bottom of the altar and sanctified it to make reconciliation. All right, so this is the first part of the sin offering, and this should sound familiar from when we covered the, the sin offering. They went in and they put their hands on the, on the animal, and what was that symbolic of? Because the animals took their sins. Yeah. Yeah. It, was a, it, was a, it was a symbol of them putting their sin from them onto the animal that was going to die for them. And, uh, and then they, they killed the animal, they took the blood and he put it on the horns of the altar. Remember the horn, there's a horn on each of the four corners of the altar. And he put blood around the horns of the altar and then they poured the blood at the base of the altar. And, and that, if you remember, that's what the, the sin offering or the propitiation offering is about. And remember, propitiation is just a real fancy word for saying the satisfaction for the offense. <laughs> so... And then they took the fat that was on, on the innards and the gall above the liver and the two kidneys and their fat and Moses burnt it on the altar. So he took all the choice parts just like he does with every single one of the meat offerings. If an animal's killed, they take all the fat and the kidneys and the, and the membrane above the liver and, and put it on the altar. But the bullock and his hide, his flesh, his dung, he burnt in a fire without the camp as the Lord commanded. So anything that wasn't going to be completely burnt was taken out of the camp into a place that was considered unclean and burnt or would be uncleaned after they got done with it. All right, so the first thing they do is they offer a sin offering for, for Aaron and his, and his, and his uh, sons. Then he brought the ram for the burnt offering and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the ram and he killed it. And Moses sprinkled the blood upon the altar round about, and he cut the ram into pieces, and Moses burnt the head and the pieces and the fat, and he washed the innards of the legs with water, and Moses burnt the whole ram upon the altar. It was a, it was a burnt offering for a sweet savor and was an offering made by fire to the Lord as the Lord commanded Moses. So this is the burnt offering. Now what was the burnt offering? Does anybody remember what the burnt offering represented? The, the offering was totally consumed by fire on the altar. Get rid of the sin. No, the sin offering was the bullock. Oh, bullock. This is the burnt offering. The burnt offering symbolizes 
complete dedication to God. Okay? And remember, it was a voluntary offering, and you did not have to make the burnt offering. This is a ram. Huh? This is a ram, right? This, they've, uh, they offered a ram, which was the highest one, remember. There was, you could have for a ram, a lamb, uh, or two birds. Uh, okay, so this was their, their signification of complete dedication, and that makes sense because these are the priests. They're supposed to be dedicated to God. Their, their whole life is supposed to be centered around God from the point that they take service. And when somebody brought this offering, they were showing God that I want to be, God, I want to be totally dedicated to you. And that's what the burnt offering was about. Jesus was a, a type of the burnt offering. He was totally dedicated to God to be whatever God wanted him to be. And of course, we know that he was a propitiation offering because he died on the cross and took our sins upon him and he took the punishment. And then it says that this, this was a burnt sacrifice for a sweet savor. And what did we say a sweet savor was? Pleasing to the Lord. Pleasing, tranquil. It, 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 it made him, you know, it satisfied, satisfied him. He, loved, he, he enjoyed the smell of it and from what it says. All right, and he brought, brought the other ram, the ram of consecration. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram. And he slew it, and Moses took the blood of it, put it on the tip of Aaron's right ear, upon the thumb of his right hand, upon the great toe of his right foot. And he brought Aaron's sons, and Moses put the blood upon the tip of their right ear, and, the, and, and upon the thumbs of their right hand, and upon the great toe of their right foot. And Moses sprinkled the blood of the altar round about. He took the fat and the rump and all the fat that was on the innards and the gall above the liver and the two kidneys and their fat and the right shoulder and out of the basket of unleavened bread that was before the Lord he took one unleavened cake and a cake of oiled bread and one wafer and put them on the fat and upon the right shoulder and he put all of Aaron's hand and he put all into Aaron's hands and, and upon his son's hands and waved them for a wave offering before the Lord and Moses took them off their hands and burnt them on the altar upon the, upon the burnt offering, and they consecrated for a sweet savor. It is an offering made by fire unto to God. We're going to stop there for a moment because there's a lot there, and we're not quite done with this sacrifice. Okay, so this was a sacrifice of con consecration, and this was the offering. Uh, which, which offering does this one represent? Does anybody remember? It's got meat, and it's got the unleavened cakes, and the oiled cakes, and the flour. They can eat it. It's going to be the one they can eat. The consecration offering, the, the meat offering. They're consecrating themselves to God. And what was special about the meat offering? Does anybody remember what's really special about this one? The they got to eat the meat. They got to take the meat and eat the meat of that offering, except for the part that was burnt to God. He got the best parts, didn't they? Well, they got, God got the best parts, if you want to say, because he got the fat and all the innard parts, and he got one rump, and he got the right side of the animal, basically. And they've got, and the rest of it would be split between the priests and the giver. In this case, they happen to be the same person, so they're going to get a lot of it back. And wasn't this the only offering where they could eat the meat? This was the offering that they could eat the meat on. Uh, because the burnt offering is totally consumed, and and the uh, other one the priest got to eat of, but not, not the person giving. And this one, 
And one pastor, like I have mentioned, you know, he called it the picnic with God. <laughs> God got his part, you got, you got the rest of it. And the bread would be just the smallest amount of bread. It would just be a handful of the flour. It would be one cake. It would be one, one piece of it. And so we look at this, and he says, He brought the ram of consecration. To Aaron and, and, their, and his sons put their hands on the head of the ram. And this was done on all sacrifices. It was done during the Passover and everything. It was the picture of this sacrifice is taking our sins, our iniquity, and representing us. Okay? And then he says, He brought Aaron's sons, and, and Moses put... Uh, Let's see, verse 23. And he slew it, and Moses put, took of the blood and put it on the tip of Aaron's right ear, upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. Now, does anybody remember? We've talked about this before. First off, why the right side? It's uh, the, the right hand. The right hand of God. The strong side. The side of approval. Yeah. It's the side that's approved of. And we still have that, that statement in our vocabulary today. This is my right-hand man or right-hand person now as it's becoming. Yeah. The person you turn to when you need something done, that person is the one on your right side, is the one that you're going to trust to do anything. It doesn't matter what you need done. They're, they're the one that you will trust to go take care of it. Mm -hmm. And so we still have this idea. So the right side, the side of approval. He put it on their ear. So what is the significance of putting the blood on the ear? It, anoint, it cleanses their it, hearing. It puts their hearing under the blood. It's a symbol of they're going to be listening for God's words and, and getting rid of the, the uh, negativity and everything. The right, the right thumb? Because you're right. Most people are right-handed, so okay. it would be the strong hand. Strong or service. It really means the service because you work with your hands. And so on the right side is approval, so it's the anointing there, putting their service under it. And the big toe? Walk with God. Their walk with God. They're putting their walk in their life under God, God's blood. See, I remember. You're remembering very good. So this is a picture of Aaron being put under the blood. And we see it in the, in the scriptures in the New Testament that we are to be under the blood of Christ. It covers our sins. It allows us to be clothed in Christ's righteousness. And it's also the picture of the, the priest being clothed in all these special garments that they're being clothed specially. And verse 24, And he brought Aaron's sons, and Moses put the blood upon the tip of their right ear, and upon the thumbs of their right hands, and upon the great toes of their feet. And Moses sprinkled the blood around about the altar. There's been a lot of blood spread around at this time. Here's three offerings already. And one thing about this, we really in our day and age can't even comprehend this type of situation. You know, all these animals being killed. The only animal we ever killed that growing up, we always killed our chickens because we ate our chicken. And they were little, and that was a lot of blood. I can and there was still a lot of blood from them, yeah. yeah. just a little chicken. That? <coughs> it was 24. Yeah, and you know, the blood. That's why when I was reading before the altar, I said, that's all blood, because we had feet to raise our people. Well, one of the pastors were quoting from Josephus that when, in one year in Jerusalem on Passover, they slaughtered 300,000 lambs. 
<coughs> in a very short period of time because everybody had to have their lambs to start cooking so they could eat the dinner that night. That means they got to have 3,000 lambs to slaughter. Well, that, that, everybody had their own <laughs> lamb. And usually a lamb would be for, it was one lamb per family. So, you know, somewhere around 10 people or so for each family. So that meant there was a lot of people, about 3 million. 300,000 lambs. 300,000 lambs for Passover. Giving, using that as our idea, the priests are going to minister to almost 3 million people every day. You can picture how many animals are going to be killed, how much blood flows. From from this every day, every day these sacrifices just, were just made. Something. Just that they're talking about that um, earthquake. I think it's four thousand people already. I think you know when you think about when I was reading the Bible, that's nothing. They killed ten thousand, hundred thousand people in these fights, and this is just four thousand. I'm thinking that is, I mean, it's yeah. bad still, but it's just they had a lot of killing. Wars kill. Wars kill a lot of people, yeah. and that's. And the animals too, like you say. Yeah, but it, you just, I want to picture this, how much blood is going to flow all to be a picture of Jesus. All to be the picture of Jesus. And the blood has been flowing ever since the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned and ate the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. And God provided coats for them, so which means that he had to get skins, skin coats for them, something. So he had to kill some animal to show them that blood had to be shed to, to pay for the price of their sin. It's almost like there's not enough grain of sand on the ocean to thank God of the blood I'm saying. And there's a lot of blood that's a lot of blood that is flown and that's why Jesus had to come and it, it was the end of all the all the sacrifices. And it's just it's just a huge amount. And you go to a slaughterhouse and there's all kinds of blood that flows from the animals that they kill in the slaughterhouse so that they can feed us. My dad was a butcher for fifty years so so this is this is a lot of blood and, and most of the blood very little of the blood was used as you see there's a little bit of blood around the the horn of the altar and then there's blood that's sprinkled around the altar and then the blood that they put on their their ear their thumb and their great toe and the rest of it is poured out at the side of the altar poured so out into the ground on blood on huh just putting animal blood on you, it dries. Well, it would be just a small amount. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but the idea that the cost in life for the representation of what Jesus was going to do. You know, Jesus' blood covered covers all sin. And his blood flowed freely from him as he was being executed. He started bleeding in the Garden of Eden when he was sweating drops of blood. And there's a disease that if you get enough pressure in, on you that you will literally have your blood vessels prop and you will sweat blood, which means he was under extreme duress in the garden, which to me means that Satan was trying to kill him. Now, I know that's a controversial, and I'll let you know, but to me that means that Satan was trying to kill him in the Garden of Eden, a Garden of Gethsemane, because he didn't want him to get to the cross. Then he went and he had to be scourged. And scourged, scour huh? Was that Gethsemane? Gethsemane. And a scourging was something that killed most people. Under the Roman rule, it, it killed most people. They took chunks of blood, uh, meat off of your body with each stroke and drew blood. And then they decided to 
put a crown of thorns on him. You know, if he wasn't already bleeding around the head, now he's got blood coming from the one-inch thorns that they're pounding into his skull. Beating him, pulling his, you know, according to Isaiah, pulling his beard out of his face. He was ready to give up the cup in Gethsemane. He said, if you want to leave, I'll give up the cup now, Father, if you want me to die now, you know. That's exactly what I think he was saying is, God, we, you know, I'm supposed to go to the cross, but if this is where you're, uh, yeah. if you've changed the plan and this is where you wanted me to die, yeah. then I'm willing to accept that. He was sweating blood. Jeez. He was being killed in Gethsemane, and, and, and I truly believe that he was being killed in Gethsemane, and his and prayer to the Father was, God, if you've changed the plan, I'm willing to accept this, but I'm supposed to go, supposed to go someplace else. Yeah, he's getting aneurysms and stuff, you know, he could have had a stroke, you know, or died. Well, I don't know if you guys, because I know you probably don't believe it, I still like it. I'm watching the um, Bible, the Bible story on TV. Mm. And, I mean, it gives a bits and pieces, especially people that don't ever read the Bible. That's good for them to see it, I think, you know. Yeah, I watched, I watched three stories and got mad at it and turned it off, so... When you, got, when you got Noah in a leaky boat that's leaking water all around him, that bothered me a lot. <laughs> you got Sarah chasing after Abraham because she realizes that God's asked him to offer Isaac, and it's like, no, that's going a little too far for what I can, can follow. But to me, I, I know you're a minister, but to me, I think it's good because the world's seeing it. There's people that would never open up a Bible, at least yeah. they're seeing that on TV. Yeah, they got these uh, living Bibles seeing something. that yeah. speak in their own language. Yeah. You can send to yeah. other countries. That's kind of cool. $70 page two Bibles. Yeah. Yeah, and that's good. For people who can't read, that have yeah. it just read to them is great. And, then, and I like listening to the Bible being read at times. It's nice, I have comforting in the page. background. I have the whole Bible Teach on all read. That's another so. I got it from the dollar store. It's a really good narrated. And verse 25, and he took the fat and the rump and the fat thereof of the inwards and, he, and the gold above the liver and the two kidneys and their fat and the right shoulder and out of the basket of unleavened bread and it was before the Lord and he took one, un, one unleavened cake and one cake of oiled bread and one wafer and put them on the fat and upon the shoulder and he put them in the hands of Aaron and his sons and waved them before for a wave offering before the Lord. And what did we say about the wave offering? Left and right. Back and forth, right. which was, was a representation of fellowship with other people. Horizontal people. There's another offering where it's called the heave offering, which is up and down. And what would that one represent? To God. To God. So up and down, the vertical. That's the heave offering, the heave, left to right? We Wave. Wave offering is left to right. right. Is, is and heave is up and down. And, and that's for what? Fellowship. Fellowship. With people. People. All right. Verse 28. And Moses took them from their hands and burnt them on the altar upon the altar burnt offering, and they were a consecration for a sweet savor. It is an offering made by fire. So he... He took the, what, the first part that they waved and he put it on the fire. That's the part that belonged to God of the consecration offering or the meal offering or the meat offering, whichever offering you want to re remember it by. Verse 29, And Moses took the breast and waved it as a wave offering before the Lord of the ram of consecration. And it was Moses' part and the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. So remember, the priest who's offering this gets a part of that offering. So he gets the breast of this ram, the front, the front part of the, the lamb, of the ram, and this becomes Moses' because he's the one presenting this offering. All right, any questions as we go on?
28 now? Oh, we're getting ready to go on to 30, actually. Okay, we're on to 30. And Moses took of the anointing oil and the blood which was upon the altar and sprinkled it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and made his sons' garments with him and sanctified Aaron and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with him. You know, so he's now sprinkling oil and blood just about everywhere. And again, it's that picture of the Holy Spirit coming upon everybody and the blood covering them. And that's what the sprinkling is all about, is getting that covering of blood. And, you know, it's hard for us in our civilized day-to-day operations to think about this kind of sprinkling of the blood and everything and the blood being, you know, flowing all over the place. But it wasn't unusual to them. This is not an unusual thing because the blood has been flowing, like I said, since the Garden of Eden, blood has been flowing for the forgiveness of sin. And we, and we see it over and over and over again in the scriptures. You see it in the Garden of Eden when God provided the, the robes. You see it with Cain and Abel where Cain gave the fruits of his hands or his own labor, his own works to try to please God. And Aaron, uh, Abel gave the lamb with the blood. We see the, the sacrifices continuing when, when Noah First thing he does after, after the flood, getting out of the ark, is he offers to God blood. We see it with Abraham. Everywhere you look, Abraham's building altars and sacrificing to God. We see it with Isaac and Jacob. And we see it all over the world. Even, even to this day, in some of the primitive tribes, they're still practicing this animal sacrifice because it is a remnant of the very first commandment of God. Blood has to be shed for the forgiveness of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And we know that it's pointing to Jesus' blood. And it's always pointing to Jesus' blood. But it was being practiced here. And each day, people would be offering these sacrifices. If they sinned, they had to bring a sin offering. And we all know we all sin every day. So technically, all three million people would have to be bringing a sin offering every day. They probably didn't, but you know, they had to bring sin offerings. And then there's these voluntary offerings that they can come just because they want to serve God. So we've got, a, we've got quite, a, well, quite people, a thing here. I have a question. Were people still trying to bring a fruit and grain offering like Cain did? Were they still trying to attempt probably. that? Probably. They were trying to attempt probably. that? Probably. And they're saying, no, we don't want that. We want the meat. Well, the meal offering was one they were allowed to make. But they could bring. But it wasn't to do a sacrifice for a sin. I see. But the fruit and grain offering came, you know. The, the grain offering was something you could, it was allowable. And God said, okay, I will, I will take that. But it wasn't for sin. Oh, I see. Not for not Yeah. For if, you had a, if you were trying to deal with sin, you had to be offering a blood sacrifice. Okay. Otherwise, it's of your own works. But if it's for uh, so. fruit and the meal offering. The picnic thing. Yeah, the meal offering. Yeah, the meal offering had grain. And what was special about the grain? Does anybody? We didn't talk about it here, but what was special about the the meal offering's grain? It was unleavened. It was unleavened. It was free from sin. Yes, which means it didn't have sin. And what about the flour? What did we talk about the flour? It was like choices flour. The choices flour you can have. It was called fine flour. You had to go through and you had to actually break up the wheat germs and get to the nut of the, of the flour and grind it up really, 
really fine, uh, pretty much like all the flour we have nowadays, totally, you know, but in, because you've got to remember in that day, you got rid of the chaff, you know, the, the twigs and everything, and then you ground the, the whole of the, of the, the wheat nut with the wheat germ and, the, and that little bit of a husk that's edible, and it made a very heavy flour. And it's only been in recent days when that we've had bread that didn't feel like a brick coming out of an oven. Uh, that heavy grain-filled bread was very heavy. Um, you know, we have whole grain breads which are heavier than white bread, but they're nothing compared to the flour that used to be. It's supposed to be better for you. It's supposed to be. I don't know if it is or not because it's still not quite back to the original. Just taking the taking the flour and grinding it. You know, the the wheat and grinding it. Yeah, bleach it nowadays. And then we bleach it and get rid of all. You know, sift it and bleach it, and then after we get rid of all the nutrients, we add nutrients, artificial nutrients, back in. So, all right, verse 31, And Moses said unto Aaron and to his sons, Boil the flesh at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and there eat it with the bread that was in the basket of consecration, as I have commanded, saying, saying Aaron and his sons shall eat it. Okay, so that goes back to the fact that this is that consecration offering, the, the, the picnic with God. God got his burnt part, Moses got the shoulder, because he's operating as the priest in this particular time. And then Aaron and his sons were to go and eat this bread. And how long would they have to eat this bread? Seven days. Nope. One, one, one day. One day. One day to eat this bread because this is not an offering of a vow, the fulfillment of a vow. This is a Thanksgiving offering uh, of consecration. Verse 32, and that which remains of the flesh and of the water of the bread shall ye burn with fire. So anything they didn't finish that day had to be burnt. And ye shall not go out of the door of the tabernacle or the congregation in seven days until the days of your consecration be at an end. For seven days you shall he consecrate you. And what's special about seven? We've talked about this a couple of times. That's just the uh, number of God. No, God's, God's number is three. Really? I yeah. Seven, seven nope. days of seven. creation. I mean, of creation? Days of the week? No. It's completion or perfection. Oh. It's the number of completion. It took God seven days to complete creation. creation. Yeah. Okay. okay. His number is three, representing the Trinity. Man's number is six. Wow. New beginnings is eight. <laughs> Man is six? Yes. Why is that? I don't know. Oh, okay. don't know. Okay, Might very well be because he was created on the sixth the day. day. I don't off, know. Because you get the seventh day off. Yeah. Six days it took man. Sometimes there's not a reason. Some days there's a clear reason as to why the numbers represent, you know, 40 represents testing, uh, testings or, or perfect, perfect uh, government. Uh, yeah, 40 days always. Yeah, there's 40 days, 40, 40 judges, 40. I mean, 40 is all over the Bible, and it usually represents perfect government or perfect, or, or perfect uh, temptation. Verse 35, and ye shall be, and ye shall abide at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation day and night, seven days, and keep charge of the Lord, that you do die not, for I have commanded. So Aaron and his sons did all the things that the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. So we're seeing a completion of Exodus. 
Okay, and this is where we're starting to tie back into Exodus. And if you want to, if you want to review Exodus, it's ex specifically Exodus 28 and 29 for the dedication of of Aaron and his sons. And uh, we're not going to start the next chapter because it's not enough time to get the next chapter. So let's the, go ahead and pray. I've huh? read all these so many times. It's always new. You know? <laughs> it's always new, but. Also, until somebody explains some of it, you, it's not understandable sometimes yeah. until people explain the make it a lot clearer. explain it. All right, Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity we've had to come before you and to worship and to read your word. And we just thank you and ask you to help us to, to go out, be consecrated in our walk with you and, and be totally dedicated to you, Lord, as you are our propitiation. Help us to be able to share with others. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.